0: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, just what was lurking in the basement of a new house that a family so desperately wanted to call
1: home. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about Possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: Yep, it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can write it on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like our program, help keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. When you do that, you get access to uh, all of our bonus episodes. Almost 400 of them now. You also get access to our advanced episodes, the archive of episodes, all of its commercial free. So if you're liking the show and you're liking binging it and you know, the ads are kind of getting in the way, I get it. But the ads help us to to stay afloat. But we give this option to you for five bucks a month. You become an extra podcast person. All the ads disappear. You get access to all of our content in their entirety. The world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Sign up over at ghostpodcast.com. Or through Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Both places, same content, and you get all the stuff and you help keep our show on the air. It's Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the show.
1: Welcome to the Haunted Mansion, where our ghost stories will certainly make you scream your head off.
0: Are you trying to sound spooky? Yes. Okay. got to work on that a little bit. We got. I, I was uh, joking with Carol the other night, where something where I was like, it'd be great if Harper could do like a creepy Keith Morrison voice. You remember Keith Morrison from Dateline, the guy who talks? And then they thought she was just going to ride the pony down the road. It turned out the pony had other ideas. Can you try that?
1: I could do like a creepy granny voice.
0: <laughs> Let's hear your creepy granny voice.
1: Would you like some Skittles? <laughs>
0: It's not bad. It's not bad. You're getting there.
1: Oh, yeah. And I can also do, no,
0: I've been training. Yes, <laughs> I've been training you to do that since you were literally in a baby carrier.
1: When I was t- when you two. Were, When
0: you were two. We went into a restaurant one day. This is a story I was telling Carol the other night. And you were still like in a carrier, but you were trying to talk. And so naturally, me as a dad said, oh, I should train my child how to say, The line from Ghostbusters, the uh, no Dana only Zool, but we'll make it no Harper only Zool. And you were kind of doing that throaty thing. You were experimenting with the sound of your voice and you were doing that just on your own of like, ah. And I'm like, oh, let's that'd be great. I wanted to to teach her to say no Harper only Zool. So I taught you how to do that. And you were doing it like on on demand. I could like it's like Harper do the Zool thing and you'd be like. No hapa only zool. <laughs> so we were in a restaurant one day and there was a little bit of a wait and the uh the hostesses who were probably 15 16 years old because everybody just loved looking at you as a baby with your little red hair and your blue eyes and you just looked like a porcelain doll and oh you're such a beautiful baby. And I said zool. And you go, "No hapa only zool." <laughs>
1: Hang on, hang on. Remember that time?
0: The story's not done. Hang on. And then uh, the girls go, oh, that's so cute. And then they called our name or like our buzzer went off. And I, and I, I completely unrelated, but I just knew these girls would have no clue what I was talking about. Um, I said, yeah, she's a communist. And then we walked away and sat down to our table. And as we were walking away, the girls are like, I said, are like 15 or 16 that have no idea what the no Harper only Zool line was and have no idea what a communist is. Start saying out loud into the waiting area of people because they were so excited because they saw this cute little baby. Oh, that little baby's a communist. <laughs> And there's all these older people sitting there, like look up at the the hostess, like what? Because I just kind of I said it to her in passing, like she's a communist, and, and and they 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 had no clue what that meant. They just thought like maybe you were a part of like a real cool club or something. But what
1: is communist?
0: It's a political party. Uh, that, uh is not so good. Uh, that, uh, very repressive, not, it's, it's not a good political party. Um, it's, it's, it's what's in, uh, Russia. It's what's in China. It's what's in, uh, Cuba, um, places where there's a lot of repression that goes on underneath it. It's not, uh, a, a, a democratic or republic thing where there's freedom. Uh, it's very controlled.
1: Can, can I also tell a story? Yeah. I remember when, when you told me to say something. Like, I, re, I remember that you taught me to say something along when like whatever someone said, oh, I like your hair. And for me to say, I'm selling it for $5 a lot. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, I did <laughs> get you to say that one too. I did.
1: Won't you tell that story?
0: Yeah, we were. Because people would, it was her biggest thing with her, her pretty red hair. It would always be. Oh, I love your hair. And I had you at like the age of three going, I'm selling it for $5 a lock." <laughs> and people would give you the strangest look and just kind of walk away.
1: <laughs> I, I remember that I did that to like somebody at like a restaurant. Yeah.
0: I'm
1: pretty sure it was like a waiter.
0: Mm-hmm. I think your mom got mad at me for that for some reason with somebody. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that was funny. <laughs> there you go.
1: My, so, I'm a communist.
0: You're a communist and you're selling your hair for $5 a lock. <laughs> 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 the joy. We've, we've been screwing with people since you were two. And we so.
1: still do screw with I people. I know. It's
0: great. It's This is how me and my daughter bond.
1: <laughs> Egg. We'll, well, we will say crazy stuff in the Walmart just to freak people. Oh, it's out. fun! It's, it's awesome! It's
0: so much fun! Yeah, um, you know, especially like ah, they're out of the, out of the raccoon hot pockets, honey. Like, where did they go? They had them last week, but no hot pocket. Nope. And you like kind of look around, like, where well, there's a manager around here that knows where the raccoon hot pockets are. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, here in the Ozarks, there's. It, it, I mean, some people will think you're completely crazy and making it up. Some will literally go. Oh, that sounds good. I wonder, I wonder if they get those back in stock. I'd like to find some of those for myself. So You never quite know what the reaction's going to be. Let's go to our uh, our first story of the day. It says, "Hey, my name is Daniel. I'm from Norway. As you already know, I'm not the best in English since I'm uh, from from Norway, but anyway, Through my childhood, we've been moving a lot around, but one of the houses that I remember the most is where I spent the most of my childhood, in an older red house, near to the road and near to the forest. Kind of cozy. I loved it the first time we visited it the first time. Big gardens, huge area to play on, and an old swing in the forest, like 20 meters from the house. In 2007, we rented the house and moved in in a hurry. After a month or, uh, or two, I found out we had a basement that was old and dark. We washed clothing there, and my stepdad stored hunting guns and winter clothing. I was around five or six years old, and one day I went out playing and got bored. and wanted to look what else we had in the basement, so I opened the hatch. It started squeaking as an old door should. It was attached to a long steel chain that was rusty. When I got it open, I could not see anything down there, just a few stone steps that got worn out. Grabbed the big flashlight in the hallway, ran back to the basement door, and just thought, what if there is a zombie down here? So I took a stick from the forest behind me and started going down slowly. It felt like it got darker and darker for every step. So I turned on the flashlight. It was bright as the sun. The basement was separated into two parts, one room with old ovens and one storage room. Walked past the ovens and right into the storage room. Then I saw there were some old stairs that went up in a small room in our house. It was closed with an even older hatch that was so old that it even had mold on it. I slipped in the stairs and fell on the bottom of the stairs, and I heard noises right in the doorway that separated the two, and I looked right away. Nothing. I got a bit scared at that moment and decided to go out. Then I saw the hatch I came in from closed with a big, strong boom. It got dark, so dark that I could not find that button on the flashlight. I got panic and ran the direction the noise came from. I fell on the stairs on my way up and hit my head on the steps. I had so much adrenaline that I could not even feel the pain. Then I heard the noise again. It was right behind me. It sounded like a silent laugh. Then I just somehow got on the top of the stairs and pushed the hatch open. I believe I had so much adrenaline that I could not even think about anything else than get out of that basement. Ran to the house again and said to my mom, "It is something. There's something in the basement." My mom looked at me and said, no, there's nothing else in this house. Nothing us and the dogs. And I thought the laughs were just my brother. And the wind locked that hatch. Another story from the same house a night I'll never forget. When I was seven or eight, I was in my room trying to sleep. I shared a room with my older brother. That went to bed two hours after me. So I always turned my face to the wall and the "'blanket over my head because I knew there was something in my room visiting every night. "'But none understood me the same way I tried to explain as a little kid. "'However, the one night I tried to sleep, I heard steps coming up the second floor. "'The steps were slow and not so hard, so it was my little brother. "'I looked out the hallway and there was nothing there to see. "'Then I got scared and hid hid under the blanket. "'The steps kept coming when it sounds like it was on top of the stairs. "'It got silent for a while.' slept to the top of the bunk bed so I felt safer. Then I heard steps again in my room, lying down in the bed under me. I started sweating. I jumped down from the bed and went to the middle of the room and I saw a big figure hanging from the ceiling in the room in front of the doorway. I can only remember it as black shadows and it was attached to the ceiling before I sprinted down the stairs and told my mom. I don't know if this is interesting enough or if it's just Pure, hard to read, but there are memories in my mind I'll never forget. I get goosebumps just thinking about what happened.
1: The zombie in the basement sounds like you, Dad.
0: I would i have that feeling too. I'd be scared. I was scared of the, um, not necessarily my basement, but there were some basements I was afraid of. I had a pretty calm basement with the lights on. I made my, my first, uh, like radio station setup was in that basement. So I've like I have I have fond memories. I would spend a lot of hours in that basement.
1: I know, but just the zombie thing sounds like you Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, I would always be thinking about zombie stuff.
1: Of course you would, Dad. Of course you would. Hey, speaking of ghosts, um I'm super excited for the new Ghostbusters. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we, uh, the, as of this airing, the trailer, uh, unless you're an EPP and hearing this, you know, way in advance, the, uh, the trailer, uh, there was a new release of the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and this new one, uh, shows so much more than the original and really dives into the storyline of the movie, and there's even a Ghostbusters trailer, like a 15 minute piece on YouTube with um Ivan Reitman's son, who's directing the movie, uh, where he goes in depth explaining like all of the Easter eggs in the trailer and talks about the storyline of the movie a lot more. And um Janine is in the trailer, uh, and another one of the originals in the trailer. At the very end, there's a little appearance from Dan Aykroyd as well, uh, from at Ray's Occult's books. Yeah.
1: Janine is the same actor from the yeah. original Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's like, in, in in, Yeah, it's really cool just reintroducing that character back into the world again.
0: All of the characters are going to be in this movie. All the surviving characters are going to be in this movie. Obviously, Egon can't. He's He died a couple years ago. Um, but uh, everybody else um, is is making an appearance in this movie. And I'm really excited about it because I've been waiting for this movie, quite honestly, since about the summer of 1989 yeah. after walking out of the cinema one and two at the forest mall in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin on a matinee afternoon, which I saw ghostbusters two with my mom. I was like, I can't wait for ghostbusters three.
1: Here it is.
0: And now <laughs> more than, uh, we're talking, uh, 30 years later. Um, we get to go see it this Thanksgiving, unless COVID holds it off another year.
1: I hope that does not happen.
0: I know, I know. I just like, I so want to go see it and I I hope things are okay enough to go see it. I Like I said, we're recording this well in advance of a month, so we're in a very fluid situation at the moment as things are kind of looking a little bit scary. All I can do is just hope that. Things get a little more under control because I really want to go see this movie.
1: Oh, trust me, I bet, I bet, like, we're a
0: freaking hazmat suit to go into this movie <laughs> if I have to. I swear to God, we will look like we are there to, you know, bugify the place and uh, clear out spiders and and go see the uh, the movie if we have to.
1: I already know that you're just going to be waiting to get tick to tic- to get tickets before tickets are like out to the public. I,
0: I'm not worried about getting tickets. I just want to feel safe going in to see it so we'll be investing in a hazmat suit in the next month or two
1: are you kidding me <laughs> if
0: that's what we have to do to go to the movie in a month or two we will do this
1: <laughs> i hope that does not happen though. i make
0: things happen
1: <laughs> oh just like this disney trip
0: <laughs> yeah Let's uh, go to our first or uh, our next uh, story of the day. So, so to start things off, I'm an EPP. Thank you for your podcast. I'm so going to uh, jump into this. My dad passed away in April of 2020. I was his only son. When he died, I was heartbroken. He was only 60, and he died six days before my 27th birthday. Set mom kept telling me he was upset at me before he died. Alexa is going off in the background saying she doesn't understand what I'm saying. Alexa, I didn't I didn't say anything to you. I was just doing a radio program. Is that okay with you? Are we good? Okay, thank you. Let's continue on. So my husband is a medium and I told him when we got back from our honeymoon in August, I'd like to try and reach dad to find out why he was upset with me. So he reluctantly agreed to do so. We got everything ready. He had me get some items that belonged to my dad, so I grabbed a shirt he wore. A lot and some old coins that was passed into him from his father. He then asked who my dad's favorite singer was. I said, David Allen Coe. For reference, both my grandfather and my dad passed from cirrhosis of the liver. The smell of whiskey eventually came through the air. A song by David Allen Coe and George Jones came through the device that we were using uh, called Do Not Cry, Darling. That was about a man dying of cirrhosis as well. Out of nowhere, after halfway through our Ouija board session, my husband opened his eyes and abruptly says, we're through, we're done. asked what happened. He said, I'm not sure who this man was I just saw, but that was one evil, evil man. I've never felt that level of evil, and I've been doing this for 15 years. He described the man and what he had seen, which was the man standing over a baby's crib, strangling the baby. He described my grandfather right down to the plaid shirt he always wore. After he closed the circle and did his rituals, I went to the cabinet in the dining room and got a picture of my grandfather. I asked, Is this the man you saw? swear so I watched the blood drain from my husband's face when he saw the picture. He said, That's the man. He told me to call my aunt, which is who everyone calls for family history. Called and explained to her what happened. She then explained to me that both her infant brother, her infant cousin, and her teenage aunt had died from mysterious circumstances and went on to inform me that he had inappropriately Done things regularly to her years ago. My husband then told me, Your grandfather murdered his son. That is one evil SOB. Ended up going to the restroom afterward, found a scratch mark on my leg. I still have a picture of it. A few nights after that, I had the most realistic dream I've ever had. I dreamt that my father came to my house, rang the doorbell, which was weird because he always knocked. I got up out of bed, opened the door, and dad stood there in the doorway. He said what he always said when I saw him. What are you doing, bud? They we're being freaked out and said, I saw your body. You're dead. He just kind of nodded and said, yeah, I am. Hate to run, but I got to go. See you in a year or two, bud. And disappeared. Fast forward to a year later today, to be exact, April 13th of 2021, a day before his one-year death anniversary. I get up to work at 2 a.m., got ready, put on his urn necklace like normal, but something was different this time. Overcome with this feeling of anger and resentment. Shrugged it off as anxiety at first due to running a bit behind. Got to work. Started getting my things ready to load my truck up. Realizing I was still feeling this anger and resentment. But I felt resentment towards myself. I did not feel like myself at all. This is not me. Throwing loaves of bread across the warehouse. That's not me. Took the necklace off because I could feel my neck getting hot. Laid it on the center console of my work truck. And as soon as I stepped down out of the truck, I was overcome with those feelings of emotion. And then relief contacted my husband about it. He said, yeah, that's weird enough. I'm going to stay. say, let's not wear that until I can do something with it. I still see my dad now and then out of the corner of my eye. you're to a couple of weeks ago. I had a strange dream that also felt very real that I'd laid down for the night. Felt the bed sink in. Figured it was my husband coming to bed that I realized it was at the foot of the bed. I started to look up out of nowhere. I saw my grandfather fall on top of me, pinning me to the bed and just staring at me. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, don't play with the Ouija board, kids.
0: Might be a good idea. Avoid that. But it sounds like there's something very dark or there was a very dark member of this family. You think? That still lingers on. I mean, this is something where someone could look at and go, that's evil. That's evil. And depending how you look at it, that could be very right, maybe not in like the demonic sense of it being a demon, but in every sense of a human being having evil tendencies and evil traits I mean, I, I, sometimes I don't know what's worse
1: I say a um a ghost with evil traits.
0: Yeah, sometimes it can be. It's almost like it's more personable. It's more vindictive. And there's a scary element to it because you go, I'm related to that person. Like I'm a blood relative of someone who is capable of being that. Yep. And that's a scary thing, you know, just to to think of something like that. Thank you for sharing that story with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi.
2: Hi, my name is Amanda. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I just started listening to you guys maybe about a month ago, but I really, really like this show. I listen to it when I'm driving to work first thing in the morning, and it's really dark, and it sets the mood for my drive to work, and I just love it. Um, but I do have a paranormal story of my own. I am a nurse. I work at a hospital, and before I became a nurse, when I was in nursing school, one of my instructors was like, you'll never not meet a nurse who has, has not had an experience, and, you know, I I understand why there's so many deaths at hospitals, and I was like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. I didn't really, like, take her seriously. Um, <clears throat> but I have something that I just can't explain. One night, I was at work pretty late. I was charting. I had just had a rough day, um, so I was at work later than I should have been and when i leave i walk down this long corridor and i jokingly call it the hallway of the shining and i always tell my girlfriends like oh you know one of these days i'm going to bump into like the the twin ghosts because it's just this like never-ending long corridor that's the only exit for staff and the only entrance for staff um ever since covid they've been limiting where the people, you know, who work at the hospital can go in and out and it's a separate entrance and exit from all the visitors. So, this is a staff exit and entrance and it's in this long corridor that can really only be accessed by the units of the hospital, not by the main part of the hospital. So, anyway, uh, I'm walking and I'm on my phone and, you know, I'm looking down and not really paying attention. And all of a sudden I look up and about 20, 25 feet ahead of me I see this little old man and he's walking across the corridor, and so I'm walking towards him, and he's kind of walking in the, um, like, perpendicular to me, so as though we were, like, opposing traffic, if I could describe it, so I'm, like, you know, as though I'm facing him, but he's he's crossing his path in front of me from one side to the other, and I, my first thought is, oh my gosh, did this man, you know, is he lost? Uh, Did he leave his room? Is he even supposed to be out of his room? We do have a lot of older, confused people that sundown at night and it has happened before uh so my first initial reaction was go find out where this man is supposed to be so i start walking a lot faster and even kind of start jogging towards him but by the time i get to him he had already crossed in front of me so he would have gone from one side of a unit to another so i didn't see him by the time uh, i got up to him because he had already kind of walked past me into the other side of the unit So I walk past him and I turn and there's these two big double doors and you just press a silver button and they open automatically and then you're on another unit. And so my first initial reaction was, oh, he must have, the doors maybe were open already. Maybe he was able to just walk right in and he didn't have to stand there and wait for the doors to open because had that been the case, I would have probably been right behind him by the time I caught up with him. So I open the double doors. There's a secretary, the unit secretary sitting at the desk. She's on her cell phone. And I say, hey, did you see that old man walk in? Was he supposed to be wandering around? And she goes, what old man? And I said, an old man just walked in to your guys' unit. Can you help me find him? And so she's like, oh yeah, of course. So we get up and we, or she gets up, I should say, and we both start circling the unit. She goes in one direction and I go in the other. And pretty much units are like a big circle, at least at my hospital, they end up, they're like little pods. They end up forming these little circles and the rooms are on the outside of the circle. And we start asking other nurses. And so all of a sudden, we have all the nurses on the unit, and we're looking in everybody's rooms because that's actually happened where some older folks have wandered into other people's rooms. Uh, you know, because not, not for any ill will or harm anybody, but they're just confused and they don't know where they are. So we, we all, there's like five or six of us now, and we're looking for this man. We can't find him anywhere. And I said, okay, here's what we need to do we need to call security. And we need to make sure that this man did not wander off the unit and uh, somebody is missing their patient. So I said, you know, I'm actually off. I was on my way out. I was like, do do you have it handled? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call them right now and we'll we'll get sorted out. And I was like, okay, perfect. I was like, I'm actually coming in in the morning a little bit earlier because I need to finish charting uh, what I didn't complete tonight. Um, so, I'll stop by and make sure everything went okay. And she's like, okay, great. So, anyway, I go home. I get up the next morning. I come into work. I'm like 20 minutes early for my shift. And I pop in. This is before shift change. So, the same people are still on the unit that were there when I um, was leaving the night before. And so, that same secretary is still sitting at the desk. And I said, hey, whatever happened with that man? Did you guys find him? And she says, no. And here's the thing the, the, security the 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 hospital security literally called all of the units and asked all of the units to check their rooms to make sure there wasn't any missing patients and then they like physically went to each unit and was like you guys are not missing anybody right nobody was missing a patient so this man that i supposedly saw he came out of one unit crossed the hallway in front of me and went into another unit, and I saw him. He was as clear as day. He wasn't see-through. He wasn't smoky. He had a little walker. He was balding, and he had this little, like, white peach fuzz coming out of his head. He was kind of hunched over. You know how, like, older people, they start to kind of hunch over a little bit, and he was using his walker, and he walked right across, tr- and I saw him um, clear as day, but apparently he doesn't exist. There was no patient that was missing, no patient that wandered off. Um, it, and then I can't explain how by the time I got to him, he wasn't there. The fact that he was walking with a walker and he was walking really slow, by the time I had kind of jogged up to him, I would have probably seen him kind of turn in the corner. It would, He would not have been turbo speed to the point where he would have gone somewhere and I wouldn't have been able to see him. So that's why my first initial, my initial reaction was, oh, the, do- the double doors were open. He must have just, he was, he was just able to walk in, and then this lady's not paying attention. She's on her phone. So maybe he just happened to walk past her. But even then, I started thinking, I'm like, that, even then, I still would have seen him because he was only about 20 feet ahead of me, and I was walking pretty fast, and he was walking pretty slow. So, you know, the odds of him, like, just disappearing on me were very slim, I cannot explain it to this day. To this day, it creeps me out. Every time I walk down that corridor and I'm the only one, I always think about that incident. That's been, it's been over a, a year now that that's happened. Nothing like that has happened to me since. And um, yeah, to this day, as far as I know, nobody was missing a patient. And everybody was in their patient rooms and there was, no, there was no little old man wandering the corridor. Nobody else but me saw this man. So, yeah, I, I just think it's an odd thing. I, I can't explain it. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, he was a ghost and this is 100% paranormal. I mean, it could have been a really fast little old man. Maybe I just, you know, the timing was not making sense to me, but maybe it was actually real. I, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. So um, to me, I just think it's it's something I may have experienced that was potentially paranormal, and I just wanted to get your guys' take on that. Thanks so much for having such an awesome show where we can call in and talk about these things and not feel weird or creepy or crazy. You know, or people are gonna look at you like you're like, what? What are you talking about? You know. So it's, thank you for having a show like this. You guys have a great
1: day. Well. That sounds more like somebody just walking and being confused.
0: But a ghost, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it could possibly be a ghost, but...
0: But there's no one there matching the description. That's the thing. She did her due diligence. I mean, she looked into this going, okay, I saw what I saw, and it sounds like it's somebody who could likely be here, but well, there's nobody here by that description.
1: I know, but he could have easily just left.
0: I don't think so. I mean, the way that it was described, and if you're thinking of the logistics of this down this hall, she goes down there, she looks at it. There's not any way, any place for this person to go without them seeing it. So, I mean, I would, you know, it sounds like somebody doing a routine, but probably someone who's doing a routine who recently passed. What I think, you know, maybe it's too far to look back on it now, but I would have been looking back more so on recent people who have passed that were in that unit. In the last couple of months and see if there's anybody that really kind of matches more the description of, of who she saw. Yeah. Cause I don't know that a lot of times that those sort of things stay there residually long term, but I think short term is a lot more likely than something like that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that uh, that story with us. We do greatly appreciate you calling in. Our number's 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us here on the Program. Again, 855 853 4802. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's going to wrap up the program for today. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person. And EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month gets you access to all of our episodes, bonus episodes, advanced episodes. It's all there for you to binge away on at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Harper and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.